holidays and welcome to episode number 27 of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. We are a weekly discussion podcast created for Nintendo gamers by Nintendo gamers. It is the week after Christmas, so the week of December 24th. Uh, my name is Daryl, and today I'm once again joined by Sergio. Hello, everybody. And Kevin. What's good, everybody? How you guys doing today? How was your Christmas? Pretty low-key. Uh, I did get a lot of game time in, especially a lot of Rocket League. I don't know what happened, but um, I'm getting I'm getting good again. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And I'm riding the wave, and I'm oh. so 300 and <laughs> 370 hours in, and I'm finally playing competitive. Whoa! Oh, wow, <laughs> that is that is some good training right there. <laughs> Mine was, you know, mine was pretty good as well. It was, you know, low key. Just um, spent some time with family and some close friends, and I got to play a game that I'm about to talk to you guys about in a little bit. So, pretty excited. Yeah. Pretty excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So to that point, uh, this week we each have games that we are going to be discussing or reviewing, if depending on how far we've gotten into them. Uh, but I'm just gonna jump right into that. So. Let's go with Sergio. What is your game for the week? My game for the week, it's called Aero. <laughs> Aero. So, double A-E-R-O. I, I think it's Aero. <laughs> <laughs> so, this game actually came out on December 24. It's a combination rhythm game in shmup or a shoot 'em up mm-hmm. And it's actually been out on the PS4, Xbox One, and in the PC. It's It's been out there for about two years. And the Switch... Just got the complete edition, which which came with a couple extra songs and a, a, a couple extra little things that the other versions got as DLC. Mm-hmm. So the game, so actually you control a spaceship and the levels are sort of on rails, you know, the on rails uh, perspective where the path is set and you're just traveling along. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you move the, the spaceship around a circle mm-hmm. and basically the stages are divided into two parts. There's... The rhythm part where you have to follow, uh, it's a line basically and you follow it around the circle to the beat of the music. And you know, if you stray off the line too much, you lose a life. And when you lose three lives, it's game over and you have to restart a song. Right. But so, yeah, so that's the rhythm part. And you know, the line moves along and it gets pretty tricky eventually. But the other part, you know, once uh, most of the stages are like in a tunnel or something like that. And that's where you play the rhythm part. And then once you get out of the tunnel, that's when the game becomes a little bit like Star Fox, actually. Ooh. it's a, It becomes a twin stick shooter. And you use the right control stick to aim your weapon at other enemy spaceships that are flying around. And as soon as you move the cursor over them, the it, you lock onto them. And you can lock on up to six different enemies, and then you have to shoot. Mm-hmm. It gets interesting because you have to strategize. You know, you, do you want to shoot six enemies at once to get a high score, or do you want to shoot maybe just three and then shoot a projectile that's coming at you that is going to get you in a couple of seconds? So it gets tricky depending on if you want to focus on getting a high score or surviving. <laughs> mm. So eventually the, the levels start to mix up, and eventually you're playing the rhythm part, you know, traveling around the rhythm line while still shooting enemies with the right control stick. So it gets pretty complicated. Now, the game has 15 songs as the base game, and the complete edition comes with two packs of three songs. So it's a total of 21, and the game is $15. So 
15 bucks for 21 songs. I, I think it's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. And so th- the soundtrack is really, it's bass heavy. It's not exactly, you know, 100% dubstep, but if you have an idea of the soundtrack in Rocket League, that's the kind of songs that you can expect. It's a lot of electronic music, but it, it's very good. It's funny because the first song, it's, it's, it's called Bass Cannon, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it really is a bass cannon, but it's, it's only the first song. It, it kind of, I don't want people to get the wrong impression that, oh, this is like 100% dubstep or super bass heavy. The game, <laughs> the game definitely tones it down after that first one. And it's got some really good songs, and it's a lot of fun to play. So like I said, you're gonna you're gonna be playing the stages a lot. There's there's so, there's also these little like unlockable things. It's like a a little light somewhere in the stage that you have to shoot. And each stage has about five or six of those, and you you only see them for about sometimes even less than a second. So you Ooh. you kind of have to be looking for them. And I guarantee you, you're gonna have to replay the stages a bunch of times to get all of them. So mm. there's value here if you're a completionist and you want to get everything. Because the game keeps track of how well you follow the rhythm line, but like a, based on a percentage, how many enemies you killed and how many you missed, mm-hmm. and also those lights that I talked about. So there's three things to keep track of. There's a lot of content, and yeah, the game is the game is pretty fun. It's actually, from what I can tell, I play this a lot on the PS4, and the Switch one is it's definitely improved. It's more polished. The mm. HD rumble works very well. The only sort of downside that I notice is that the stages take about, I want to say like five seconds longer to load than on the PS4. And that kind of makes sense. It's not a deal breaker, but it's it's something that I notice, I guess, because I play the other version. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, it's a pretty good game. This game is actually kind of special to me because of how much I like the soundtrack. That's how I got into headphones, actually. And that's been a, a <laughs> oh, journey wow. and a half. Awesome. <laughs> yep. And just to throw a, a little friendly jab, I'm I'm glad this game is on the Switch now because I have one less reason to turn on my PS4. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, I have many reasons not to turn on my PS4. <laughs> oh, sorry, Sony, but with with all that you've said, like, where does this game rank in your rhythm games like of all time? Like your top rhythm games of all time? Oh. It's it's high up there, o- only because in in I guess the biggest part is because it's so unique. There's nothing really like it. Mm. You know, there's there's games where things are always coming at you. Like it started with Guitar Hero, uh, Audio Serve. There's a bunch of those, a lot of those. But there's nothing that sort of follows a circle like this, and then it breaks it up with like a, sh- a shoot 'em up part that is actually not only just fun but also challenging. And so that's why it, it's very unique. So it's definitely high up there. And it seems like the the just the basic gameplay loop. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like it would be uh, harder than many rhythm games to actually get a perfect on. Oh yes! Mm. Oh my goodness! Yes. <laughs> just because the definition of perfect there is like following pixels, which yeah, that is ouch. It's quite a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And then also, if you want to destroy all the enemies, and there's also a couple of boss fights. I want to say there's like four, unless they added an extra one, but. Those are even harder. Like I've I've actually never been able to beat any of the bosses. So, yeah, that's something else. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I may have to pick this one up eventually. Mm-hmm. Like right now, my backlog is is absolutely insane. <laughs> but you're you're checking a lot of my boxes as somebody who I'm not I'm not really averse to rhythm games, but I've never really been you know really super into them. So this might mm-hmm. be a, a neat break for me. 
Yeah, and I, I figured you would like the the shoot 'em up part, like I said, because it's it's like Star Fox, and the enemies always come out in the same pattern. So you know, repetition is key. If you want to get all of the enemies, you're gonna have to replay the stages, and you you'll notice you're gonna be like, oh, now I have to aim to the left, now to the right, and and yeah, you have to dodge attacks too. So there's a lot going on. It's pretty fun. Nice. Yeah. You know, as someone who's played games like Elite Beat Agents and Runner Two, um, I. I don't. I do not have a rhythm game on my Switch yet, so I think this might be the first one. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good parallel to draw because it kind of. It actually kind of reminds me of the Bit Trip series where, like, you are playing a rhythm game, but it feels like you're playing a different style of game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's not just like, hey, these buttons are flying at the screen and you need to press them at the right time. It's you know, there's there's a, purpose a clear objective that you're trying to fulfill one way or another. Right. And it just happens to be to music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neat. So if 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 what I'm describing sounds interesting to you, and if you either like rhythm games or shoot 'em ups or both, and like I said, as long as you don't mind a, a heavy bass and heavy electronic music soundtrack, uh, definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. Nice. Play this on my bucket nice. list. So, yeah, me too. Uh, so with that, let's let's get on to Kevin's game. What have you been playing, sir? Well, I've been playing a point-and-click adventure game called The Dark Side Detective. Yeah, it is hmm. a a game I picked up uh, not too long ago. It's by Spooky's Doorway. They are an indie studio with as cool. three people. They actually they met uh, here. So the interesting part about this one is that they are three devs that met on a cursed island off the Irish coast. And then they just decided to create a game. <laughs> so oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. And actually, by the way, Spooky Doorway, what a pretty awesome name for a studio. Anyway, um, <laughs> so the game is about this detective named Detective McQueen. And he's you're basically just solving cases along with his <laughs> pretty awesome sidekick named Officer Dooley. Like, you know, like you, you go through these certain cases and uh, whether it's, trying to, you know, solve, solve like this sort of evil spirit that's in the house or like the storm that comes like on top of a library, you know, there's a really good dialogue that you'll see back and forth between both the detective and the officer. There's one where, you know, before the detective and the officer go into the, the house to ask, you know, to investigate the case, hmm. you know, Officer Dooley's like, you know, seems to be the kind of spooky crap. I mean, the kind of case you're into, detective. <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's like the, <laughs> I like the dialogue back and forth. Like, it's just really great. And there's so much sarcasm. I can't like, I can't begin to tell you like, I don't know if they're actually serious or they're just like sarcastic. Like, it's just, it's fun to figure out like their intentions and like, you know, what they mean by what they say. So, so that's the dialogue part. The se the second part about this game is that, you know, the point quick adventure style. Now, you know, there are a lot of point quick point quick adventure games that I played before, you know the in, in terms of the UI and how you you know point to things and direct them to where you want to where you want to go to solve puzzles. Um, they do a very good job in like when you find an item, and you, like you you know you press A and you you talk about the item, then you put it into your inventory. Your the inventory shows up in the upper left hand corner, and I think it's pretty nice and simple because when you know if you want to solve like for example you want to put like you want to put a light bulb in a lamp, you can drag the light bulb from the upper left hand corner. Like with you drag it with A, press A, and then you drag it to the lamp, and then boom, you you know then you can 
piece that together and then move on to the the rest of the puzzle. So I, I think it's I really like how it's easy to to do that because um, other games you have to you know there's like verbs and you have to you have to combine words together with different items and stuff like that. So which games like the Day of the Tentacle, which by the way I still love that game. Uh, they the, they did that sort of thing. Um, it's hmm. it's 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 not the most ideal at the time, but I mean, or right now, but at the time it was pretty. It's, it was the standard for point quick adventure games. Anyway, so that that's called the verb the verb UI method. But in this case, it's really easy to just drag something and dra- drag it to the item that you want to solve the puzzle with. So the game is pretty short. I heard I, I've I've only solved three of the six cases. Although. I did find something in the settings where it says, oh, would you like to unlock bonus cases? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden, three cases just popped out. I'm like, oh, okay, great. So now the game's a lot longer. <laughs> I, oh, nice. I, I didn't expect that. I was like, all right, I don't know if this is like, I, I'm sure I'm sure this is free. Cause, Activating those cheat codes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool. And, you know, this game is actually, so the theme of it is it's quite ominous. You know, there's, there's a lot of occult stuff and supernatural things that happen uh some of the cases or at least two of the cases that i've played they or so far uh so two out of three i've played so far you know they show like some of that supernatural stuff and um one of them in particular they show this like this evil spirited door with like these incantations these symbols around it and i was and like at the same time you're hearing this music in the background it's like very moody it's very eerie and like with some sort of synth pop it's like ugh. It's, and like i have like my monoprice modern retro headphones shout to surge for recommending me those and i and it just i can feel like the atmosphere i can feel the tension and just like what's going to happen if i go to the other side of that evil spirited door and like yeah, so every case there's some sort of occult theme or some sort of supernatural thing that happens. So I really enjoy that part of the game, and it's 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 charming, but at the same time it has it's charming and hor- and it has a horror at the same time. So it's very right, right. it's a nice combination, and it's something that I haven't seen in games as of late. And yeah, I I definitely recommend it for anybody who is a point and quick adventure fan, um, even if you're not. Like I I'd, I'd say like the way they do point and quick adventure style is it's very streamlined. So, and the jokes are pretty funny. Oh, well, some of them are could be pretty corny, but for the most part, I I really like the sarcasm, <laughs> the back and forth. You know, there's, I I feel like with Officer Dooley, sometimes I don't know if he's, I don't I don't think he's the brightest crayon in the box, but like the the way he says things, it's like I don't know. This is it's like there's one part where he says, oh. What's the difference between science and fiction? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What? I don't know what's going on. Like, I, I, maybe he doesn't know, or he's just, he's just, he's just being sarcastic. I don't know. It, it it's, it's just all fun, and I, I really enjoy it so far. So, mm-hmm. nice. So, point and click adventures are typically known for, like, their, their visual puzzles and, and things like that. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of assuming this game follows suit on that. Are they, how good are the puzzles in your opinion? Like. Is it kind of just a chore, or is it actually something you gotta think through? Honestly, it's not too hard. Um, it's not as hard as like games like Grim Fandango or The Day of the Tentacle. Like, I don't have to think about it too much. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Like, oh, like I find a light bulb. Okay, well, maybe there's a, there's a lamp there that I have to you know light up, or there's this this paint marker. Oh, maybe I should use that for the evil spirited door because there's missing some symbols that I have to to paint on. You know, things like that. Um, there, there are a couple things like there's the 
there's one case where you're in the library and you have to you 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 find a book and you have to give it to like these ghosts and they fight over it and they love it so or they fight over it at first and they love it so much they go away. <laughs> it's like they're not the most intuitive. I don't think they're most like complex puzzles, but um they they are they're puzzles that they're not they're not really like chores. So it's like a it's a good balance. So I don't like I said it's not the hardest puzzles, yeah. but it, it's it's good enough to keep you going because. There are puzzles, especially in Grim Fandango, where it gets super freaking hard, and it's like to the point where you have to look up online and 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 find some hints, or like maybe if you can't figure it out, like find the answer. So with this game, you're never in that position. It, it, the, the the puzzles are not too hard; they're not that easy. So nice, yeah. The, those really difficult ones, those can be off-putting unless unless that's that's something that you're looking for and you kind of have to prepare and. And you know, be willing to either look online or to if you if you convince yourself to resist, you know, you're gonna have to be basically playing the game when you're not. You're basically thinking, okay, how am I gonna solve that puzzle that I left at home? Yeah, because I don't want to look it up online, you know. But I'm wondering, so in this game, is there any voice acting, or is it or all it's all text based? Oh, that's a good question. So there's no voice acting, and the faces have no like eyes or mouths or noses it's just like a blank oh. face so i think that's definitely intentional um i think that really should it it really gives point to how important the dialogue is like you don't see their visual facial expressions so oh so that's so they they have a heavy emphasis on dialogue which i really like and this game is like more it's like kind of like 16-bit it's like it has like a retro feel you know it's kind of blocky so when you look at hmm. well i was sending you guys a trailer trailer video later but like when you see the trailer, you know you'll you'll notice right away, like what I'm talking about. So, visually it looks nice, and like I said, the dialogue hits home. Um, I love the sarcasm and just the way they go back and forth, like the officer and the detective, and how they interact with other characters. There, <laughs> I, I might I might be spoiling too much, but there's one the, the first case where you find the you see the nanny and you ask her like, oh, is there anything? you know, weird going on. It's like, oh, no, not at all. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? Okay, well, there's got to be something going on. Like, why does she talk that way? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> or, I mean, you see in text, it's like, you know, no, not at all, dot, dot, dot. I'm like, okay. Yeah, this, she seems very suspicious, so. <laughs> it just gets me going, like, okay, I got to figure out, because she seems like the bad person, so I got to, like, I got to, like, you know, dig deeper, so. I recommend the game. I think it's on sale for other non-Nintendo Switch platforms, but, I think for twelve ninety nine, I think it's twelve ninety nine on the Switch. I think it's a it's a fair price. Um, I enjoy it. I finished three of the cases. Um, I have six more. So and and there's gonna be there's a Kickstarter right now for season two, which is I think the second Ooh. iteration of the game or Dark mm -hmm. Dark Side Detective two. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. And um, yeah, I I recommend it to anybody who loves point quick adventure games. So. Uh, like Link Triforce, shout out to Link Triforce. I know he likes that genre quite a bit. So, yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm definitely gonna have to look this one up. I'm just wondering, you know, and it's it's not against the genre. It's kind of expected for these type of games for the cases to be very linear. Mm -hmm. But based on the ones that you beat so far, is there maybe things that you can miss, or maybe they have multiple ways of solving the same case? Have you run into any of that? I haven't ran into any of that so far. For the most part, it's pretty linear. I mean, I guess there's ways where you can do one thing first before you do the other thing. Mm, so there's okay. different ways to... There's like probably two to three ways to go about the case, but in the end, you're solving the same thing. And 
you're getting the, you're gonna get the same ending. Um, it's not like okay. There's a so there's one point and click adventure game on PC called Indiana Jones: The Lost City of Atlantis. So that one is very prominent for having multiple ways to you know finish the game with multiple endings. Um, in this case, it's not like that. So far, I might be wrong. I mean, I only finished three mm. of the cases, so um, for the most part, it's pretty linear, albeit with you know. Like if you, like there's certain puzzles you can solve one before the other, but it all leads to the same ending. So okay, that that sounds nice. Yeah, there's some wiggle room. It's nice. But yeah, I definitely recommend it, even to you guys. I think you guys can will get a good kick out of it, especially the dialogue. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. All right, I guess that that jumps over to me. Uh, so I have been playing the uh, Faerun collection on Nintendo Switch. Ooh. Uh, mm. Yeah. So this is a this is a collection of three games actually four games one of them's kind of a side thing mm. but it's it's the two main Faerun, uh f-a-i-r-u-n-e games that were actually developed for the 3ds and um smartphones a few years ago oh they've been kind of bundled into this one collection and then they've added uh Faerun origins which is kind of the uh, i'll say like the pilot for these games like what they used to show uh, what they wanted the games to be, and then a fourth unlockable mode, which I haven't unlocked yet, and it's a completely different type of game from what I've oh. <laughs> read. Mm. So, uh, so so far I have played through uh, Faerun and Faerun Two, and if you haven't heard of these games, I, I wouldn't blame you. I, I haven't I hadn't heard of them either until the collection actually went on sale. Uh, in this massive eShop sale mm-hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. So I picked it up for, I think it was $7. Ooh, um, oh, wow. that's pretty good. Now it's reverted back to normal price, which is $10. And uh, I'm just going to cut to the spoiler and say, please pick this game up for $10. It's an amazing game for, for what it is. And I'll <laughs> kind of explain that. So what the game actually is, it's kind of a... If you try to think of like the overworld sections of Zelda games, mm-hmm. you're not that far off. Take that, but kind of remove the combat and just really up the level of like environmental and item based puzzles that are around the world. Hmm. Yeah. So, and add a, a tiny amount of RPG elements to it. So, as you're walking around, you do have a sword. Uh, there is no button to swing the sword or anything. There's no action like that. And there are enemies around, but you defeat the enemies by pretty much just stepping on them. <laughs> and it, <laughs> the way the game works is at, you have a, a current level, and as you defeat enemies, you gain experience, and as you gain experience, you move up in levels and can defeat stronger enemies. Well, both of these games, there is a recommended enemy that you should be fighting. So, you know, Ooh. you start out and it's blue slimes or, you know, whatever the the basic <laughs> thing. And you can go around and you fight them and each one you t- hit takes like one health point away from you, but you defeat it and then you gain experience and you level up and then you can fight the next one. Well, when you level up, you no longer get any experience from the, the blue slimes. You just, you have to go seek out this new enemy and, mm. and do it kind of all over again, but with a different enemy type. Well, what it does, all of this is based around basically driving you to, you should be in these areas, right? Mm-hmm. So right. Uh, you're like, okay, I'm done with blue slimes. Who should I attack now? And the, the game kind of leads you that way. And 
the reason I, I really this game really surprised me because honestly I picked it up on in the set in the sale after just looking at some reviews uh it was reviewed very very strongly and I was like well you know what I've got some eShop credit you know seven bucks isn't that much I'll I'll throw it out there for this type of game and I was just kind of blown away by what they've actually done with the exploration and the puzzle solving because the world is not that big especially in the first game mm-hmm. uh, the world is fairly small but it's extremely detail oriented. So like you'll be going around and there will be this one block that you need to push somewhere in the world. You don't know that, but you're just kind of wandering around trying to find the next thing you're supposed to be doing, kind of getting led on by which enemies you should be fighting and and such like that. And you'll be walking past and one block just won't look right. Right. And (laughs) it's not quite the Zelda (laughs) thing where, you know, once in a while it's just out of position, kind of like the Zelda thing is. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. But in this particular case, it just had, and, and the game is all like 8-bit graphics, so it's very pixelated, right? Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The block had just had like this little skid portion right beside it, and, and you're walking past and you, you go, wait, that looks weird. So you walk up to the block, you try to push it, sure enough, it moves, and then there's a staircase. And the game keeps doing this, and it keeps building on it in multiple cool ways, even to the point that, you know, you go through this little mini dungeon and you pick up this item you have no idea what this item does. You get a bottle of oil and you're like, sweet, I got a bottle of oil. I don't know what to do with it <laughs> until you get to this other area that you've got to light something on fire. And you're like, wait, I know, I know what to do. And it, the game keeps like, I keep calling it the, the game. Faroon and Faroon 2 are pretty similar. Um, Faroon is, I'll say a little bit more obtuse about its puzzles. Mm-hmm. Like they're a little harder, uh, a little less obvious. But honestly, as I'm playing the game and I'm just kind of tinkering around this world, and like I said, it's not very big, so you can pretty much walk the whole thing in a few minutes. It's not, it's oh. not terrible. Well, that is pretty small. Uh, <laughs> but I have, I have no idea what to do, right? <laughs> and I'm just like, huh, okay, well, I've got this and this and this. I, I don't even know what I'm looking for, right? And the next enemy I'm supposed to be defeating, which the game will tell you, I've never even seen this thing, so I don't know where it is. <laughs> so you just keep going around until you get like this underground cave and you start seeing that enemy. You're like, yes, yes, I'm in, I'm in this spot. And I, it's hard to say exactly why I think it's so good. I just think it's fun to play. Like, I think it's, it's just a head scratcher. Uh, it's kind of scratching the, the Zelda puzzle itch for me, hmm. albeit in, in kind of a simpler way, but at the same time, a little bit more complex, a little, it, it kind of ties into the, the point and click adventure type puzzle. Ooh. Um, a little bit, you know, it, it doesn't play like that. It plays more right. like Zelda, Zelda but it's, right. it's more like I picked up this item. I, Ooh, I remember I need to go find this statue over here, but I don't know where that is. Mm-hmm. Ooh, how did I get there? Uh, <laughs> and honestly, during this entire time, then the soundtrack is much better than it needs to be. Like it's phenomenal soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Oh, um as you're as you're tinkering around so it's 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 just a fun time uh so the first game took me about two hours to beat it's not an extremely long game uh the second game probably took me about three times that long Mm -hmm. it's much bigger more worlds and it does some really really cool things uh so all all things considered you're probably looking at about 10 hours of gameplay or so for ten dollars and i'm like this is a really fun game to just kind of uh, it's one of those games that you really just kind of want to bundle up and just, you know, dive into for a couple hours mm. and then be done with and have a right. really good, you know, it leaves you with a really good feeling like, yeah, I did these things. Right? 
So I, yeah, I've I've really really enjoyed it, and I would recommend it to anybody who likes, um, in particular like the Zelda overworld type puzzles. You know, hey, that doesn't look right. Let me push on this. Let me go check this part out. The, the you know the people who won't always try to go left when they're playing side scrollers and things like that. Right, <laughs> right. Know, that's that's the type of person that you want to be playing this game. I, I got a question about what 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 about the story? Like, was what's the lore behind Faerun? Um, is it like is it like up to like say like the Legend of Zelda, or is it a bit more? I guess not as yeah. I guess, I guess how's the story? Like, what, what is it like? It's a little bit less defined than something like Zelda. So Zelda is is pretty much you know bad guy kidnaps princess go save her you know that kind of thing yeah yeah it's a little more uh you don't really know what's going on most of the time but you're in this fantasy world and you're trying to save these fairies and trying to restore order to this world that's kind of falling apart so it's more of a world building type story than a you know an an actual objective based Mm But honestly, some of the mystery about the game is what uh, what made me like it so much. Like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know where the game is going to take me, what worlds I'm going to see, or anything like that. The the final boss of the games is a complete break from the style of gameplay of the rest of the game, so <laughs> that was a, a nice surprise. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. And yeah, it, it does sound like it's more on the puzzle side, like I said, and not, not so much the RPG side, because the way you describe it, it sounds like you cannot grind really, but mm-hmm. it also sounds like you don't need to. Uh, no, and and the method of grinding is so it's kind of like the old school NES games. So if you do find the right monster and you need to grind them for whatever reason, I didn't need to most of the time to level up. Mm-hmm. But if you do, then you can just kind of okay exit the screen, go back to the screen, and they're all back. You know, oh, <laughs> so, there you go. <laughs> it's limited grinding, but when you do need to, it's not hard to do. Okay. All right. Yeah, gotcha. that's good because then like there's a certain games where uh, before where it's like. You have to grind a lot just to get to a certain area. It's like, oh goodness, it feels like a chore. But it seems like this is this. It feels like this game, as you described, has really good pacing, uh, especially with the puzzle solving and being able to, you know, defeat monsters and all that. So, you know, good stuff. It really does. And if you, so if you're a fan of like some of the older school uh, Final Fantasy games, like I'll say maybe Final Fantasy four oh. through six, they did yes. a lot with like <laughs> I- invisible wall type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. this game does that kind of thing. Like, I don't know where I need to go. Oh, there's this passage over here. Uh, but I'll say it makes it a lot more obvious than most games of this style do. Like you typically can see where an invisible wall is, but it's subtle enough that you generally walk past it a couple times first. And then you go back and you're like, wait, this looks a little weird. You know, there's, <laughs> there's footsteps over here. It's, it's, it's like single pixels over here that, that kind of look different. You walk over there, and sure enough, hey, you know, hidden passage, hey. <laughs> That's it's nice though. It's like a eureka moment. It's like I remember the first time I played the Legend of Zelda, I think the Link to the Past, and you see a crack in the wall. It's like, oh, what do you do with it? Oh, you you can bomb it, and it, it seems like you have that same sort of feeling when you play Room, but in just you know small spurts. So I, I like that a lot. That's a good good thing to have. Yeah, I think, so the game has a fun way of making you feel smart. Yeah. <laughs> As you go along, you discover new things. You're like, oh, this is this is great. It's the same, it's just intelligent uh, level design. Mm. It's, it's it's really smartly put together, and I really appreciated that. And are there different characters? Like, is there a sort of interactions for the story, or is it mostly visual-based? You just see what happens. Most of it is kind of you versus the world. Uh, especially in the first game, like you, you mm. have some very limited conversations with like the fairies that you try to save and, and things like that. 
Hmm. Uh, the second game introduces a, a non-player character that you actually do talk to fairly frequently. Right. Um, but I'll say it's, that's not really the highlight of the game. It's just kind of, you know, it's there. I like her, but it's, you know, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gotcha. Good stuff. Uh, I will say for, to entice more people, uh, early on in the Switch's life, a game called Kamiko. K-A-M-I-K-O got yes. pretty popular because it's a, a cheap, short game and surprisingly good game. This is developed by the same developer. So it's oh, the same people who mm. made that game and you can tell, although it's um, slightly less action-based and slightly more puzzle-based. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, at $10 or if you can get it on sale for you know 7 bucks or so, honestly, for 10 bucks, I would recommend it. I, I think. Yeah, it's... It's one of the best uses of ten bucks you can you can make. There, nice. there we go. I guess I have I have two things I have to put on my bucket list. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> nice, cool. Okay, and with that, I think we are going to actually move to a listener mail from our our good friend Dragon. So yes. Sergio, can you hit us with that? Sure. So Dragon's question is: Was it ever a process for you to be open to all the sorts of games that have been available? particularly towards the indie scene or third parties. I typically gravitate towards the first-party Nintendo releases, and those have always been my absolute favorites and safe heavens. And so for the longest time, I was pretty satisfied just playing those. But it was definitely an eye-opening process to gradually discover how pretty equally amazing games from other publishers and developers have been once I was brave enough to take a dive in. Games like Dark Souls, Monster Hunter, Celeste, The Messenger continue to exemplify this for me personally. Mm-hmm. So, Kevin, wh- why don't you start us off? Yeah, and what a great question. And I say great because, um, shout out to Dragon, because I personally, for me, indie games have played a huge role in the in like like what I play and, and just discovering new genres and new, you know, just these new games that I've never have never thought of I've never with thought of play had had there not been something called Steam. You know, Steam is a really great platform to find all these indie games. Um you have games like Monocle What's Yours is Mine, which is a thief game. You have um Terraria, which is the two D action adventure sandbox video game that I play in college with friends and you have there's all these sort of indie games, even like Papers Please, which is about, you know, being this sort of this kiosk where you have to, you know, check people's like passports and documents, whether that's legit or not. Like there's all these sort of <laughs> concepts. Um, my process is not that complex. It's very, it's just, it's pretty simple in the way where it's like, okay, well, like, oh, I used to love playing F-Zero. What games out there are like F-Zero? Oh, let's go check Steam. And beho- lo and behold, there's games like the next Penelope, which is also, is on Switch, by the way, and Redout, which is, you know, it's a more visual, like, like high, higher graphical F Zero kind of game. So, it, it just based on games that I miss playing, and then I look for games that are similar, and then I find these indie games that you know fit the niche. Uh, let's be honest, like indie games drive the the creativity of video games. You know, triple A games like <laughs> Call of Duty. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, I had to say that, and I no, I say it for a reason because, you know, games like Call of Duty they do shooters well, but it's the same, it's the same crap, different toilet. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Modern Warfare 2, then Black Ops, then like Advanced Warfare. It's it's pretty much you have the same formula, just tweaked a little differently. Or like FIFA, like it's the same sort of soccer game, but they just mm-hmm. you know tweak the the player movement, the way you dribble the ball, and just things like that. But you have any games where they don't have that high of a budget, so they have to, and they take these risks that could make or break. And so I empathize with these indie developers because um, you know they they're putting themselves out there to see if you know to see whether the game can be accepted and whether it could be, whether people would enjoy them and like them and and whether they can sh- whether people out there can share the same passions that these developers have for uh, just new concepts out there and it's a very progressive movement. Um, when I went to E3 uh, for a couple of years, I think it was like 2015, 2016. Obviously, there were long lines for you know the big the big games like Breath of the Wild. Um, I think in 2016, like when it, when we didn't even know about the we didn't even know about the Switch at that time, but there was it was like a two three hour wait, and then you, they blocked the lines like they cut the line after like like an hour or so. And uh, but then you have like other games that like like maybe the new Uncharted that was coming out at the time or Uncharted like Lost Legacy, and then there's like some other games that were just like very you know high marketed, but then you have something called Indiecade where you know the lines weren't that long, but gosh, there was so much like creativity with these games. Like, there's Disc Jam, um, there's you know, and there's Wind Jammers, and uh, games that I've never even thought about. Um, so, so I, I I feel like there needs to be there needs to be given more love for just the indie games in in general. And my process simply is just take something that you like before, like F Zero, and just see if you can find something similar on Steam or on the Switch now. Um, also. Uh, another thing that I do in my process is look at Kotaku. You know, I and I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I I love Kotaku in that um, they they have they have like really you know, pretty interesting articles that talk about games that I've never even heard about or like just things that they highlight that give me a different pers- way of thinking. Um, one of the articles that I really liked from Jason Schreier was about this RPG called The Legend of Heroes: Chosen in the Sky, and I have never would have thought about playing this game unless I've read that article from 2014 and gosh opened my eyes to like like where's this rpg how come i never heard about it before and i would have i would never would have heard about it until <laughs> i read on kotaku um i it, it's and you know developers by neon falcom i'm not sure if they're any developer or not but they're definitely not as well known as like you know naughty dog or square yeah, enix so right, right. like i think it's important to embrace the movement of indie games. You don't have to get any. You don't have to get all the indie games, but just like get ones that you 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 can enjoy and embrace the genre. Because like when people talk about video games, like it's some people, most people say the same stuff. Like, oh well, you know, have you played Breath of the Wild or Super Smash? Which is great. You know, those are the popular ones. But then we don't want to discount the the games that are you know just swept under the rug. You know, the games that um, they. They put just as much effort, if not more, and the creativity, you know, the right. the, the the roles, the methods behind making these games. I mean, it's really important. So, um, so yeah. So, like I said before, the process for me, uh, for discovering more of these sort of indie games, um, Dragon, is that, you know, just take something that you like before, like F Zero or Super Mario Kart, and find something that's similar, or you know keep up with video game websites because that's how I did it and it's worked wonders for me for the past several years of my life and really has hit it's a really personal thing and it's hit me home um, to find all these games that I, I never would have realized were made so that's my answer
Nice. Yeah, I guess for me, the process is pretty similar. Like, if there is a game that I like, then I'll definitely, you know, Google, you know, games like blank, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, or or find out about the developer <laughs> of the game, which is how I determined that uh, Faroon and Kamiko were actually the same uh, <clears throat> developer. But, you know, I just have this policy that I, I just kind of play everything. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, if if a game looks fun, I'll... I'll look at it. I'll go check out the reviews. I'll see uh, what people are saying about it. And if it just sounds fun, then I'll, I'll pick it up re- kind of regardless of the, I'll, I'll say almost regardless of the genre, al- almost regardless of anything else. Just, you know, if, if a game is getting a lot of praise, you know, that's how I ended up with uh, Dead Cells and, and even The Messenger. And I was I was extremely happy with both of those. So mm-hmm. also... Dragon, uh, my recommendation to you is Dead Cells based on this list. I think you would, <laughs> I think that would really, really click with you. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I try to be really open to games. And, and, you know, from time to time, like you get a, a, an all time classic in a game that's like $20, which is like, yeah, games like Celeste. And, yeah. and, you know, the first game for me that opened that up and kind of opened the door for what an indie could be was, uh, Cave Story. And I've talked about that in the past, you know, like Cave Story is an absolutely incredible game that was just kind of buried on some eShop <laughs> a, a, a long time ago. But, you know, I picked it up because I heard some good things about it and I'm, I'm really glad I did. So I guess my process and my recommendation is just, you know, be open to what's out there. Don't, you know, don't be too biased about a game's uh, quote unquote status in the world, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. if, if you are, you can miss a game like even like Rocket League, which is one of my most played games on the system, right? Mm-hmm. But or or a game that's going to be vying for game of the year, which is like Celeste or or even The Messenger is is way up there. So yeah, just I, I try to be open, and and I definitely recommend that. Agreed. Yeah. Nice, and you know maybe twisting Dragon's question a little bit, or or going like a step forward. What what I was also thinking is how t- to me. I want to say back in around 2012 or so, I started to look at, at you know, the other two sites that are out there. And uh, Growing up as a Nintendo-only gamer and then realizing, man, there's a lot of games out there that are just not coming to the Nintendo system of, of the time. And while I have enough to play, you know, with even even if it's just first-party Nintendo games and, and a couple of other ones... You know, there's two other ecosystems out there with so many very unique. I want to say like a lot. A lot of those games are experiences in a way, mm-hmm. more than games. Even though they're they're only games, but it's a very different type of gaming, and that's why I got into those systems as well. And then eventually, with something like first, it was WiiWare, Although I didn't get that much of it, but it was definitely the the the, the beginning, and then DSI were getting little mm-hmm. games like little chunklets of games that are either parts of bigger games or the the beginnings of indie developed games. Mm-hmm. I actually have a, a DSI that has all the DSI were available. I I collected the DSI were so mm-hmm. I definitely wow, played really? a That's lot awesome. of yeah. I I played a lot of very bad games <laughs> but also but also a lot of average games and a lot of good hidden gems mm-hmm. and it's only getting better from from DSIware to 
you know, the 3DS eShop and then on the Wii U and then now on the Switch, indie games are becoming way better and easier to step it up and, and fight those quote-unquote AAA experiences. It's There's definitely a, a much better balance now and there's a good game anywhere regardless of genre and regardless of price, which I think it's very important. Yeah, and you mentioned the ecosystems. I mean, like Ori and the Blind Forest, I mean, that was first on Microsoft. So, I mean, that is a great example right. of a game that uh, came from a different system that you really liked that you wouldn't have found um, if you were only playing Nintendo systems, right? Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. so... And I think... I think and, and it's a really good point, like, just what you mentioned about, like, Daryl saying that it's... Like, with Daryl, you... Like, I agree, like, you gotta be open and Sergio, like, it's gotta be open to just... Not just Nintendo, but other systems as well. And regardless of the genre, regardless of, um, like as Daryl said, I, it, it's, you know, just have that open mind. And, like, Nintendo Switch is really awesome now. And it, or actually since it released, like, just being open to all these indie, indie developers, these third-party uh, developers that are, like, they, you know, make these games for the Switch and people are just starting to do discover them like i think is great and just gives new life into it gives me a new hope for indie gaming and uh for people to uh realize that hey like these are these are awesome these are just as great as triple a games if not better um but that, that's not the most important thing but the important thing is just that um you know you you get to find more things that you like and it, it's a it's a really big world out there and there's like can you believe it? There's 1,400 games on the Nintendo Switch, okay? That's a lot of games that you can dive into from so many different genres and so many fun games that you can play, so, um, but yeah. Yeah, and, and to to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit, that's one of the reasons I'm actually, a, like, I, I still kind of miss it, but I'm actually a little bit glad that the virtual console isn't really a thing mm. on the Switch mm -hmm. yet, um, and I do, I do think, I, I say yet, intentionally there i do think uh, <laughs> that'll be expanded and and eventually come out but what it's done is it's it, you know for better or worse it's kind of forced people to stop buying a link to the past and start looking at all the indies that are coming out which is like, something <laughs> like 20 20 30 games a week right i mean it's yeah there's so many games i you know my wish list is is growing <laughs> at a, a rate which I cannot sustain, and that's it's not a it's not a bad thing to basically no. be quote unquote forced to look other ways because you know what's come what else is coming out of that is you know all these success stories that we've talked about before you know Celeste just mentioned it, it sold half a million copies yeah and mm. there's a lot of success stories about games doing best on Switch and. Uh, doing really well on the platform. So guess what that does? It just means more <laughs> you know, yeah. indie games are coming to the system. And it's a really good thing. And if you, like, if they had started out with a full library of the virtual console games, you know, they probably could have done this fairly elegantly, but you have to expect that that number would have been a lot lower for all these other developers mm -hmm. who are now True. thriving on the system. And we're seeing all these different looks instead of just kind of replaying these games over and over again so like i said i do kind of miss it still i would love to see some virtual console things start around now right and, mm. and actually start kind of right. growing i'd love to see a, a snes online at some point that would be awesome but for now i don't miss it and i don't miss it nearly as much as i thought i would so mm. that it's a very good thing in my opinion yeah for sure i think 
the way Nintendo's doing right now is I think they're doing it pretty well. Uh, they're, they've been very smart about what to release, what not to release for the Switch. And yeah, like 2019 is just around the corner and, you know, we'll see where it goes. And we do have the NES catalog with Nintendo Switch Online. So, I mean, it's nice to play games that I've never even played before, like the hockey game, which we played uh, before. <laughs> I was like, this is pretty awesome. Like, how come I didn't play this before? So, <laughs> and, yeah, anyway. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. No, great question there. And and mm-hmm. I think I think we kind of came out of that from a couple different angles, so that was that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and with all that, so we actually have one more thing. It is uh what many call the season of giving. And so, you know, we decided to give to our other two uh co-hosts of this podcast. Each of us are going to give uh, just recommendations of video games. We're not actually going to give them away, but what we've done is <laughs> we've each prepared one or two recommendations of games for each of the other co-hosts and and also some listeners if you if you tend to align with us. Uh, so mm-hmm. with that said, uh, Kevin, why don't you go first? All right. So I'm going to start with you, Daryl. This game is something that I know you would like because you're big on RPGs. I'm going to recommend you Child of Light Ultimate Edition on the Nintendo Switch. I think you'll like it a lot. It's made by a sub, a small subdivision of Ubisoft. Um, it's a game about this princess trying to, you know, she's exploring this fairy world, uh, you know, trying to save her her ill father. And you know, the the premise is very simple, but just the the setting, the watercolor art, um, just makes its mark literally on this adventure and the combat is really easy to understand hard to master and i you're gonna meet like different all sorts of different kind of characters it's not that long of a game i think it's probably maybe a 20 30 hour game if i remember um well that was the regular edition i don't know about the ultimate edition but Hmm. you know it, it it is like it's a platform rpg kind of game so there's gonna be a little bit of platforming uh but you're gonna be there's there's a, a a depth to it with you know how you love with your characters um and what you you do with them so I would this is the game that I would recommend to you and I think you would love it um especially and you and I and the art is very very attractive so um, even though that's not the most important part about this game or it shouldn't be the most part, important part of this game but it really does shine so well so that is what I recommend to you Child of Light nice. And I actually just saw it was on sale. It's actually, I think it's ten dollars out right now. So I was actually considering picking it up. Yeah. Uh, to just throw throw on the uh, ever growing backlog. Yeah. Yes. I actually had it. I had that game on Wii U. Uh, oh. My wife, my wife was the only one who played it. I never actually went mm. through and, and played it. So that was one that I've kind of, you know, had my eye on for a little bit. So I think that's a great pick. Oh yeah, thanks. And I. I'm pretty sure that she'll recommend that to you as well. Uh, and we did talk. Actually, I think this is the the one that you told me that was going to be on the Switch, and I didn't believe you. I'm like, wait, what? Yep. <laughs> right, right. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's so crazy. <laughs> oh man, what a gem. Uh, okay, so oh, and also the music is 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 awesome. It's orchestric. Uh, is that a word? Orchestric. Yeah. Orchestral. Yeah, orchestral. Like orchestral. <laughs> yeah. Orchestral. There we go. All right. Got my English now, pet. So. For that being said, uh, Sergio, I have one game that I'm sure you would love. To, I did hint it earlier. Runner 3. 
uh, the sequel to Runner 2. Uh, it is part of the Bit Trip series, uh, starring the character Commander Video from Runner 2 and the original Runner, uh, released on the Switch earlier this year. And yeah, it's a rhythm platformer video game. Uh, Sergio, you played the Runner series before? Yeah, I, I played a uh, Runner Two on the Wii U. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, I played Runner Two on uh, PC, so it's it's uh, it's awesome. So yeah, I would recommend this to you uh, just because I know you're a big fan of rhythm games. Like, and yeah, it's I personally haven't played Runner Three before, but I have watched some of the videos, and it looks it, it just looks like more of a streamlined version of Runner Two, and with much more music. And oh, there is. Actually, there is a caricature of the voice actor for Mario, Charles Martinet. So, oh really? Uh, yeah, I just read that on Wikipedia. So I... Yeah, he's he's like the the main announcer or like the the um, commentator guy. Mm. Right, right. There you go. So that is nice. yeah. So that's gonna be it. And um, yeah. So I got those two for you guys. <laughs> Alright, sounds mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. All right, Sergio, you want to go ahead? Yeah, sounds good. And I'll start with you, Daryl. I think you would like a game that I believe came out first on the Wii U and came out on the Switch a couple of months ago again. And it's also on the 3DS. It's called Rumbo. Ooh. Oh, okay. Rumbo. So it's mostly a, a runner slash platformer. And the twist on that is that it's actually multiplayer based. Hmm. You can play, I want to see what up to seven other people so eight players at once and there's a a lot of cool mechanics going on basically the color the background color of the stage uh, keeps changing periodically and there are platforms of the same color that let's say when everything is green the green platforms are going to disappear so you cannot uh, (laughs) step on them or or jump on them so it, it definitely keeps the pace going very frantic mm-hmm. and then with eight people either playing together trying to get to the end or trying to sabotage each other to basically be the first one to the goal there's a lot going on i know you like multiplayer games and i know uh i i kind of have a good feeling that you would really enjoy it if you haven't played it mm. <laughs> nice yeah it looks hilarious <laughs> It oh yeah, online, it right? is. Yeah, it does. And Ooh. you know, I, I played it online, and if we do voice chat, and and everyone is is playing all at once, yeah, it can definitely get hectic and a lot of fun. Sweet. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and for Kevin, Ooh. not sure if you play this. I want to guess no, but I think you really should. And it's either of the Rhythm games for the 3ds. I have not played either game on on. Ever. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good pick. Dang. Yeah, so they're both Final Fantasy. Now, I would just get the second one mm-hmm. because it, it's basically an enhanced version of the first one, and it has a lot more content and a lot of nice little refinements. Like, you can even play just using buttons instead of oh. uh, the touchscreen. But, yeah, it's all Final Fantasy music, which I know you love that series. Oh, I, I do. I know you love music. So it's like a perfect combination of the both. Oh man, I gotta get my 2DS back. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. yeah, they they play really well too. I actually have the second one on on 3DS, and it even has some. It has it has music from like all of the different games in the series. Like even like it has some Crystal Chronicle Chronicles music in it, mm-hmm. and, and everything. Yeah. It's 
tons and tons of songs and it plays really well. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Oh man. And tons of DLC too. Uh, a lot of songs from Square Enix games in general. So not just Final Fantasy, but yeah, that's true. Whoa. <laughs> I know. I know you're a Final Fantasy fan, and there's a lot here. And pretty much all the characters from all the games are are all here and you can mix and match your party which is crazy everyone is here <laughs> just like smash <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> oh, that's great no i the, you know more music the merrier um i yeah like you said i am a big final fantasy fan but i am open to listening to other music from square other square Enix games as well so this is a pretty awesome pick for sure nice mm-hmm. it's, also, it's also cheap you can generally find it for less than 10 bucks it's Whoa. it's really not expensive yep, either so yep. Hey, this is the backlog. There, there's a lot there for it, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, throw it on the pile. Throw it on the pile. <laughs> it's, it's growing <laughs> ever so slightly. Uh, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So I guess it's it's my turn, mm-hmm. and I'm going to start with Sergio. So this may be cheating. I actually told you about this game uh, just kind of in a in a private conversation, but oh. I, I'm making it public now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to recommend Yoku's Island Express. Ooh. If Ooh. you have not played this game it is a light metroidvania game based around a dung beetle who is a postman (laughs) for this island so he runs around (laughs) delivering letters to people and it's mostly based on pinball so how you get around the level like you can move left and right but you very frequently you get into these pinball sections to actually move Mm -hmm. uh, within the level and Mm -hmm. it is a the soundtrack is fantastic. The art is fantastic. I, I really like the world that they've developed. It's it's a fun place to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's a uh, kind of surprising amount of lore to the island and such oh, like that. Oh. And it's just really, it's really cute and charming, and it's fun to play. Uh, even if you don't really like pinball games, it's light <laughs> enough that it's not it's not like the hardest of core or anything like that. It's it's just a fun game to kind of be in and, and tinker around. So I, I think you'd really enjoy it. Oh, nice. That is such a cool concept, you know, with uh, someone who is delivering mail and is, has like this pinball mechanic. I mean, that is, that's really unique. <laughs> it's funny too. Yeah. The, just the, the dialogue between the different characters and mm-hmm. such who are all different animals and, and things. Right. It's, it's, it's a funny game. The world's really big mm-hmm. actually. And oh. Yeah, it's it's a surprising game in in many ways, and I I recommend it to you and and practically everyone at this point. Nice, <laughs> nice. And it, in case that was cheating, my backup was actually Crypt of the uh, Necro Dancer. Oh yeah, I've heard great things about that one too. Mm-hmm. Hey, you like rhythm games, and it's a uh, it's a dungeon crawly one. So there you yep. go. <laughs> For Kevin. Uh, I actually have been playing, and and I mentioned this to you earlier too. Uh, I w- I'm going to recommend Mantis Burn Racing. Yes, I I was looking at that earlier, uh, and I think Dragon plays it too, right? Or did he get I, it? So far, I think I'm the only one. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> but, or maybe he he missed uh, it. Uh, but not that's yeah. awesome. Holy shoot! Like, so it's kind of a it's kind of a top down racer. If you I don't mm. know if you've ever played on the NES like RC Pro Am or uh, any of those like arcade games like Super Off Road or anything like that. That's kind of the mindset to go in with. Mm. But it's a lot of fun, and from what I've played so far, the controls are very tight. Uh, it comes with all the DLC, which I haven't really delved too much into, but I've seen some hovercrafts and some cars with like cannons and stuff on them. So there's like some combat 
mm-hmm. going on. It's got a it's got full online play and mm. a lot of tracks and and cars and such. So I think you'd dig it. I, I really do. <laughs> yeah. No. I. It, I. No. You. You hit on random money. I. This is a game that I would definitely like to play. I. The only top-down racing game I played is the next Penelope, and it's not. It's like a racing slash F Zero game and or F Zero slash shooter. But uh, yeah. I. I did play a little um RC Pro Am or AM. Uh, but I didn't really own it. Um. Yeah. I. Um. How's the online system? Have you been playing other people? Like, is it pretty competitive? Like, what's that like? Uh, so so far when I'm searching for games, I haven't really found too many people playing. No. But the it's easy to set up like friend games and things like that, and you can set up bots and and things. So I think if we got some people uh, convinced to play it, I think we could get some parties going and have some fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm always down for another racing game. Uh, I know that we have you know Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but it's always nice to have a change up and this seems like a yeah, this is a very different one. <laughs> yeah, it's very different, yeah. It's uh, you know what? <laughs> um another to add to the backlog, but I'm going to rank it a bit higher. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's nice. good. Yeah, it's also it's also currently on sale, so it's I, I picked it up for I think $10. Okay. Um which I mean, hey, this this entire episode for me has been ten dollar games. So ten dollar hey, games. There you go. <laughs> ten dollar games, man. Ten dollar decoy. There we go. I. I... Yep. <laughs> yeah. So this one and then theater rhythm. Okay. Well, ah, uh, I need to get back my two DS again. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So both of those games, I will definitely. I mean, and, oh gosh, Final Fantasy too, man. That's awesome. Okay, so I got those two <laughs> under my bucket. And uh, they are rated higher in my bucket list now. So, <laughs> anyway, all right, good stuff. And yeah, that's uh, man, we we got some pretty good gift games today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all I got. <laughs> that's gonna do it for episode twenty-seven mm-hmm. of the Nintendo Jump Podcast. If you like the podcast, uh, or if you don't like the podcast, I. Surprised you made it this far, but please let us know. Uh, you can write us uh, to our email at nintendojumppodcast at gmail.com. We also, we would love it if you could leave us a review on whichever podcast app you, you listen on. Uh, it does help people find us and, and really, really helps us out. So uh, if you could, please leave us reviews. We also, we have a very, very active Discord group. Uh, so that will be in the show notes. We encourage you to, to come check it out because, you know, we got a lot of people playing a bunch of different games pretty much all the time and it's it's been a lot of fun for me personally so i think uh we'd, we'd love to have you uh if you want to come and just sit down and play with people it's a lot of fun we also have a facebook group if you prefer that so definitely check us out there as well mm-hmm. uh one final announcement before i actually sign out so next week we are planning our game of the year discussion for 2018 it's going to be our first episode in january so it's going to be a combination game of the year of 2018 and um expectations to 2019 uh we are going to do another one of those episodes where we have listeners record themselves uh saying their their game of the year and send them in to us so you can send them in again at our our email address if you want to participate uh just say you know hey this is state your name uh and my my favorite game of this year was blank and send that into our our email at nintendo jump podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and you will have a very good chance of actually being included in the show I, I think that worked out really well last time so i'm pretty excited about it this time love to hear from you guys but with that 
I think we're just going to jump on out of here. So once again, this is Daryl, and for Kevin and Sergio, bye. See ya. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>